Welcome to the East Haven Men's Ministry Podcast. My name is Jared. I'm the Director of Men's Ministry at East Haven, and today I am with Pastor John. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Awesome. We're actually in his office, so thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, we are gathering to talk about an event that Men's Ministry just did and just kind of talk about um, how that went, our thoughts around the event, uh, and just share some of the topics that we talked about because uh, I know that not every... Uh, father of a daughter was able to make it to the event. Um, and these are new events. And so, you know, we're learning, other people are watching, you know, there are some early adopters who came to the event and probably some who were like, I will come to the second one. I want to check it out first. I want to hear about it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, just like new technology. Got to, some are early adopters and others sit around and, and, and wait to see what transpires. Um, so we've been doing a couple of events, or we've done a couple of events now as men's ministry. Uh, we did Man Camp, which was a father-son event, and then we did Daddy-Daughter Day, which was um, a two-day father-daughter event. And um, John, what were, you know, John spoke at, Pastor John spoke at it, um, had uh, his daughters there, and what were some of your, like, moments that you have reflected on? From the event, yeah, for me personally, spending time with my girls, Hannah is twelve, Sarah's ten. Um, we don't oftentimes have many opportunities to spend together, just me and the two girls. And so, personally, it was just a really beautiful weekend to just um, unplug from everything else, take away all the other distractions, and focus in on my girls. Um, and it was beautiful also to see um, other dads doing that exact same thing um, to do projects together which kind of leans into the dad side and then to do a dance party, which totally leans into the, the daughter side um, and to do so with like-minded brothers um, that can encourage each other uh, to, to relax and to, uh, to disconnect and to not worry so much about the preconceived notions of what a man is. Yeah. The, the event had a really interesting dynamic and, those are things that you can't really plan for. They just, you, know, you could plan for certain things like, you know, we're going to do these activities. Here's the topics that we want to talk about. Here's the food that we're going to eat. But the dynamic is really generated based on the people that are in the room. Yeah. And it was really cool because, you know, there were a lot of dads. There were a few granddads. Um, and there were a lot of daughters, a lot of girls. And if you've ever been in a room full of that many girls, it is it can be a lot for a man, yeah. for a dad. Uh, but it was a really cool dynamic. You know, the, the first night was dinner and uh, a message uh, and a dessert and, um, and a dance party. And that went by really fast. And it was great. Uh, it set, set the energy. Uh, and then the next day, breakfast. Uh, another message, and then we did our craft project. And uh, but but you led the message on the second day, uh, which I really thought was cool because it wasn't just to get up there and preach to the men. Hey, look, you have kids. You need to be doing A, B, C, and D. You know, which is 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 what we kind of expect sometimes from. Or here's what the Bible says: uh, do these things. Um, you had some really good examples. And um, and a visual by, with the uh, the guys up on the stage, which was hilarious. I wish we had filmed that because that all really just yeah. um, illustrated 
the noise that our daughters are hearing constantly by through society, social media, everything else that's out there, and the importance of um, of us being not noisy in a bad way because we could be noisy, like don't do this, don't do that, um, but noisy in a good way to yeah. where I, I just heard it the other day, like. You know, I want a seat at the table with my kids. As they get older, they start to invite other people to their table. And I want a seat at the table with my kids. And if I'm not investing in my kids throughout their life, and then all of a sudden they're young adults, like, I'm not going to get a ta- seat at that table. Yeah. So talk us through uh, some of the things that you talked about um, in regards to what we speak into the lives of our daughters and... Uh, just maybe give us a recap. Yeah, so um, I've been working with kids and youth ministry for over 20 years. And um, I, I think it's really important to recognize that throughout Scripture, God reinforces in us the necessity of us guarding our speech, guarding the words that we say, being careful in how we say things, not just what we're saying, but the tone of what we say. Um using words that are lofty um, and meaningful and powerful and not just using lots of words. And so that's the gist of, of the, the topic. You know, when it comes to men, we like doing things side by side. We like doing things shoulder to shoulder. It's really easy for us to do things with our sons, for instance. We do a project together, and through that, maybe there's good conversation that stems from that project. Um, but God has created women gloriously and specifically different. And part of that is is that they need a face-to-face. Even as we're recording this podcast and you and I, Jared, are facing face-to-face and it's just the two of us, it could actually probably be a little uncomfortable for the two of us to be looking at each other in the eyes and, and talking to each other. But that's exactly how uh, women were created. And so when it comes to... Uh, specifically speaking truth into our daughter's lives, there's a lot that needs to happen through face-to-face communication. I think uh, throughout the book of Proverbs, we're reminded of being careful with what we say, guarding our words, being slow to speak and quick to hear. Um, I know it's cliche, but God gave us one mouth and two ears for a reason. So communicating with our our daughters or our spouses, even in this case, um, a lot of it is not just what we're saying, but how we're receiving the information that comes back to us. And so when it comes to our girls, um, we want to be not the noisy voice because the world is so noisy, but we want to be the loudest voice. Imagine the power it has in our girls' lives if throughout their development and into their young adulthood and even into their marriages, um, their father, their earthly father's voice is the loudest one that continues to echo throughout their lives. And that's kind of the gist of what we were talking about. So, Yeah, and over the last, I don't know, five or so years of my own life, I've recognized that there's always a narrative going on inside my mind. Yeah. And, and, and it's not that I'm like making it up as I go like that. It's pulling from experience that I've had. It's pulling from things that maybe I was told when I was young and those are showing themselves in how risky I am in, in business or how, um, you know, how I make decisions, yeah. how I parent my, 
uh, children, how I treat my wife, like all of those things are, um, are, are forming, are, I'm pulling from whether I want to or not. Yeah, there are um, things that have happened in your past. There yeah. are things that were said to you from a teacher, from a parent, um, from a friend. And even if it was a small thing said 15 years ago, 20 years ago, as a fully uh, developed adult man, it still echoes somewhere in you. And, and something happens throughout your week or, or you say something or you do something or you view something. And something that was said 15, 20 years ago still echoes uh, I think we, any of us could think of a thing that was told to us by a teacher. Oh, you're dumb or a friend that says you're fat or you're ugly um, that, or a, an ex-girlfriend. And those things start to resonate in us even now. And we're, we're fully formed. Imagine the power that our words have in our daughter's lives um, as they grow up, as they mature, as they develop. Even things that were unintentional which I think is really the dangerous thing, what we don't know that we've said that might be potentially harmful or hurtful um, that might resonate for decades to come. One of the, one of the, well, the practice that we put into place or that you put into place during that talk was having our daughters write down words that they like to hear from us or that they yeah. need to hear from us. And that was real interesting because I'd never thought to ask my daughter, what do you need to hear from me? I always felt like I need to figure out what I need to tell her or I need Isn't to come up with that. It's a typical guy thing. It's a typical guy thing, but also looking at a child and thinking yeah. like maybe she doesn't she's not old enough to know what she needs to hear or whatever. I don't I, I don't know if that's what was going through my head, but the idea mm-hmm. of seeing the words written down that my daughter enjoys hearing was really cool. And you know, yeah, there were words like amazing and creative. And, and some of them were words that I've actually said to her before. And I don't know Isn't if... That interesting? Yeah, I, I don't know if those are words that she likes because I've said them to her before. Yeah. Um, or if they're words that she just likes in general. But there were some words on there that I have said to her before. Um, and that was really cool to, to see that. And those are things that we really just can only assume are things that our kids like to hear or need to hear uh, unless we ask them. Mm-hmm. And so it was a really powerful practice or, or exercise, I guess you could say, to, um, to ask that question and, and see it written down. Yeah. What would it look like in our daughter's lives if we continue to reinforce those powerful words? Um, and it's not to say that we diminish the times in which we need to be intentionally challenging of our daughters, that we need to confront them as far as sin or as far as them not rising up to the occasion. But but the way we frame things really actually matters. And so the, the number of times that we can reinforce in our daughters about how beautiful that they are, um, not just physically beautiful, not just attractively beautiful, but they are beautiful because they're clothed in righteousness the righteousness of Christ, and we reinforce that in them. And then that, that boyfriend, as much as we may not want to think about our daughter's future boyfriends, that boyfriend has no volume um, when he says something contrary to that because we've reinforced that in them. Our daughters need to hear that they are valuable, that they are brave, that they are strong. Um, and the voices, like we did that, illustration there's so many other voices so much other volume we're not a society that does quiet very well no 
We've got social media. We've got technology. I'm, I know I'm guilty of it. I've always got a podcast or a book or music playing in my office, even while I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Our daughters are hearing that, but but I think it's even magnified in our younger generation, and it's magnified in a girl, and she's hearing certain things. And so the voice of social media that's commanding one thing and the voice of her friends that are commanding another thing and the voice of a boy that's commanding another thing, the voice of of any sort of media that's telling them who they should be or what they should look like or how they should act. Our voices as fathers have so much power to, to mute that sound or at least turn the volume down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we, we are uh, creating that narrative in, our, in the minds of our ch- children uh, by through the words that we speak, um, through the things that we say, uh, when they're when they're misbehaving, the ways that we react, the words that we use there, yeah. um, I know that um, you know there have been times in in my life as a parent where I have felt like a tyrant because there's behavior that I don't like, so I try to shut it down. Something is happening that I don't like, so I shut it down, um, and I, I don't try to understand where that might be coming from. Like, what's wh- why is this happening? And, and while our children might not necessarily be old enough to, to be able to say, well, Dad, it's because of this, and give <laughs> us a whole, like, list of reasons. Thought out processed reasons. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, their brains aren't fully developed yet, and that all that stuff is still uh, pro- processing, and they just don't know why. It's just yeah. happening. It's synapses firing. Um, but to take a moment and really try to understand those scenarios and um, and allow your child to feel un- or not misunderstood, but understood, um, I think is, is something that a lot of children just don't get. You know, you, you hear the teenage outburst, you don't understand me, you know, yeah. all these things. And it's like, well, um, maybe not because I haven't been trying to understand you. And while that might seem like an over-exaggeration, because we want to believe that we do, like we were there, you know, we, we had outbursts too, like what you're going through is nothing special. Like nobody wants to hear that as a child who is feeling these feelings for the first time, um, and, and not able to express them well. And so if all of a sudden we are expressing in return, um, something that's not beneficial, you know, they're not going to, they're, they're not going to believe that home is a safe place to have those feelings they're going to find comfort outside of the home. Yeah, and what and does that lead to? That leads to things that are not good. Yeah. Um, that leads to being part of communities that are not healthy, um, where maybe the only healthy part of it is the belonging, but all of the yeah. things that come as a part of that community are not healthy. Um, and you know, we need to be better at that, not just as parents, but also as a church body and being um, the type of people that our friends, kids can feel comfortable around. That's why I really like the structure of student ministry at East Haven because there are families who have kids that are in that age range who are um, mentors within the student ministry. And so, and those are people that, you know, I get to know as an adult and, and say, okay, like those are people that I trust, like speaking into my children's lives. And, um, and it's another set of people that I trust that can speak into my kids' lives in a way that I would hope that I'm doing. Um, yeah, it's just a, I think it's a great structure. 
it's a great web of influence that we need in our students' lives, our young people's lives. Um, it's said that uh, a healthy student, uh, say teenager student, somewhere between th- 13 and 18, needs at least three adult influences in their life, pouring into them in a positive way. Um, and that's, that, that's a hard thing to come by when you really start thinking about it, especially when you say outside of your parents. Uh, working now in my third decade of student ministry with teenagers, I realized that students, um, young people, kids, are uniquely the same. They all think that they're very unique and the experiences that they're going through are different and their emotions are different and the things that, that they feel like they're experiencing because you just don't understand me, Dad, um, are, are different, but really they're the same. And one of the things that uh, our, our children and our daughters are uniquely the same in is that they don't want to just be heard, they want to be listened to. So sometimes, you know, they come to us and they might be a little emotional and we're not sure what we do with that. And, and you know, I'm, I've never been the dad of a teenage daughter before. I will be soon. And she comes to me and, and I'm not quite sure what to do with all of that. And yet um, she wants to be listened to. And when you were talking about communities, especially in our present day, the reason some of those communities, some of those organizations um, rise in popularity in this generation is that uh, there is a sense that they are listening to the felt need and emotions of our children. And so those communities, those programs, those organizations that we're trying to shelter and guard our children from Our children sense that they are being listened to, being understood more by those communities than by their own parents, and maybe by their own dads. And so what what does it need to look like for us as fathers to uh, be listening to our children? It doesn't mean that we have to fully understand, because quite honestly, dads will not fully understand their daughters. I think God intentionally made gender that way very specifically. Men and women are very different. And because of that, we may not fully understand our daughters. But they need to be fully comfortable with the fact that we're listening to them. I I remember one of my kids coming to me once, and they were a little emotional. And I said, why are you feeling this way? And they said, I don't know. And I said, I mean, I could look at them and, and see it, and I realize they really don't. Yeah, they really don't know why they're feeling that way, and that's acceptable. That's okay. How do we love them? How do we encourage them? How do we support them? How do we uplift them through that? That what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, those emotions and those hormones and and those feelings. That that's nothing new. That's not different. It's not unusual. Um, it's acceptable. And they're trying to figure this life out as they go in the same sense that we're trying to figure this out as we go as dads. Yep. And so we want to be really intentional about listening to our children. Communication isn't just how I'm saying things to you. It's how I'm receiving what you're saying to me. And that goes two ways. So my daughter needs to receive the information that I'm giving her in a way that um, is, is undergirding, reinforcing Um, who she is in Christ. And we need to realize that as well. Our daughters have an immense value. Our daughters have the value of the very Son of God. And that means that we are ambassadorial parents. 
we were only entrusted with our children for a very short time because God himself gave them to us. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 easy to think that when your children are misbehaving or going through something that it is a personal attack at you yeah. or or me. I I know that there was a lot of time that I felt that my kids were doing something to elicit a response out of me. And I think that there probably are times where our children are doing that. Yeah. But as they're growing, as they're experiencing new things, new emotions and stuff like that, a lot of those things just come out. They just fly out and and you get hit because of proximity. And it can it can be frustrating as a parent to just be like, you know, where'd that come from? Why am I receiving this frustration or this anger or what even might feel like hate from you? Um, but they're raw emotions that our children don't know how to moderate yet. And... Um, I had to learn that it's not a personal attack at me. I mean, if I was treating my children in the way where I deserve personal attacks, maybe that's another thing, but um, it's not a personal attack at me. It's a emotion that they haven't fully figured out how to manage that is coming out, and they don't mean to hurt. It's just happened as a result of, of learning how to communicate. And as my kids have gotten older, I... I've, as I, the way that I've been learning to respond to those things, I've seen my kids become more open with me in certain ways and seen my kids be less open with me in certain ways. And if I feel that one of my kids is not as open with me with something as they used to be, I need to look at that as perhaps I'm not being what they need Mm -hmm. in that, in that situation I'm, I might not be hearing them right in the way that they need to be heard. I Maybe I'm trying to fix the problem when all they want to be is heard uh, and understood. Um, and hearing and understanding is actually really easy. Like All you have to do is let them pour that out and then in your mind just paraphrase it and repeat it back to them for confirmation. So what I hear you're saying is, you know, Sarah was mean to you today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dad, like, you know, and then all of a sudden, well, and what's the danger in that? What's the right? danger in, <clears throat> in truly understanding what your kids are trying to say in specifically saying, I want to make sure that I understand you properly. Is this what you're saying? How much value is there when your kids are saying, my dad's actually listening? Yeah, he really cares to make sure that he gets this right. And I think that's in marriage as well, by the way, I For know sure. this is a side note, but in marriage as well, like, when we're communicating with our spouses, there needs to be this, it, like it's more valuable for us to, to make sure that we have clarity than it is for us to jump to conclusions. Yeah. And so when we start jumping to conclusions, well, of course you're feeling that way because of this. And they say, yeah. well, that's not even the problem. Yeah. That's not even the problem. I think we, sometimes our kids also, um, it might feel like a personal attack to us because we haven't been approachable. We haven't had that intimate time in which they feel like they can and so a lot of times kids will act out in a certain way that may seem aggressive or assertive or um, extra emotional because we haven't been what they need for an extended period of time yeah and so what we're perceiving as aggressive or angry is really just a cry out at a at a magnitude that is bigger than maybe is warranted because we haven't been listening for a certain amount of time 
And so yeah. if Sarah's been mean for weeks and weeks and weeks, and she's been, and our daughter's been trying to express us to us that that's been happening, it might come out with something that looks like an attack on us. Correct. Yeah. And I used to get frustrated because, you know, our kids' teachers would, would sing the praises of our children. And then our children at home, you know, would seem like terrors at times. Mm. And I had to understand that it's like, well, home is a safe place. Like they can let it out at home. It's the only environment where they can. Whether, whether they know what they're letting out or not, like they should be okay to do that at home. Um, because they, they, they know it's not acceptable to act that way in public or at school or with their teachers. And so, you know, sometimes as parents, we're going to be on the receiving end of something maybe we don't deserve, but we have to remember that our kids are going through, you know, school and, and figuring things out with other kids and teachers and, and not being understood by those people sometimes as well. So and it's not to excuse yeah. their misbehavior toward us. Certainly. It's not to excuse their disrespect. We, we need to hold them to a high standard. We have a responsibility of making yep. them into worthy citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Exactly. But it does explain it. And sometimes, like as dads, our response might be anger. Our response might be aggressiveness in response to their anger or aggressiveness. I think sometimes we just need to pull back and take a deep breath and have some understanding. Yep. This is the only environment in which they've had this ability to express this. Again, it doesn't excuse it, yeah. but it does explain it. And it starts a conversation if you allow it to. You know, if you're quick to, which I have done in the past, to shut that down because it's not fair. You're treating us like this. You treat everybody so well, you know, or whatever. Shutting it down, that's telling, that's telling my kids that, well, it's not safe at home either, really to talk about those things. And then where are they going to get? And then where are they going to go? They're going to go somewhere. If I think back to my, you know, growing up my teenage years, you know, it was my friend group and, you know, I had a couple of friends that were great friends and I had some toxic friends too. And the toxic friends always seemed to be the better, better at understanding. Um, And I don't know what it is, but it's easy to get drawn into that. Um, And, and then, you know, you spend too much time with those type of people and you're in your 20s, same type of people, and things are, are more set in stone and it's harder to change and it's harder to pivot. Um, and then you start to feel uh, maybe left behind or neglected or, you know, other people are never going to understand you. And, and then it's a lifelong thing and, and we don't want that for our children. Yeah, if you're thinking of somebody, your, your child, your daughter, writing down that word in pencil. Um, and they first they write it down softly. Um, and that word might be a negative word that they feel about themselves or that they've heard from you. I think that's one of the other side of that exercise we did at um, Daddy Daughter Weekend is, have I ever said something that's hurt you? Yeah. Um, I want to know. But maybe they've heard it. And if they keep hearing it again and again, can you imagine them writing a little harder over that? Sure. And it's harder to erase. And even to where it imprints on the paper of their heart, where when you erase it, there's still that indentation. Yeah. Um, I think one thing, you know, as we kind of try to wrap up these thoughts is, um, do we have an environment in our houses and in our lives in which we've created some white space and some margin to give our daughters some time? I think that's one of the great things about 
what you did. And I'm so grateful to you and to our men's ministry for being able to give us a little bit of margin in our weekend um, where we could just focus in, put the blinders on all the other things that dads, husbands, men have in our lives and focus in on our daughters. And what does it look like in our homes to have that margin where our daughters can come to us knee to knee, face to face, and be able to express themselves. Put your arm around her and hug her and and tell her the words that she really wants to hear away from our phones and away from the, I got to hurry up because I have to finish this project or away from the busyness of work and away, away from the, the, the hecticness of our school schedules. Yeah. What does it look like in our homes if we had just some time and it doesn't take much time. No. By the way, it takes about five to 21 minutes a week. Mm-hmm. That's all our daughters and our, our, our children need of real face-to-face time. Five to 21 minutes. We yeah. have that space in our schedules. For sure. And I would encourage as we close up this episode just to get started and not seek perfection in that. It's very easy to seek perfection in it and maybe get started and like, oh, I was doing great. I spent, you know, my daughter and I did this this week and we did it that week and then that week. And then on the fourth week, it falls apart and it's hard to get back into that routine. And that's fine. Like nobody's expecting perfection, but consistency is where we see real change happen and real growth. And so, yeah, things are going to happen. Things are going to come up. But if consistency is taking place, not seeking after perfection, then we're constantly moving forward. And that's what I've been trying to do myself as a person who was seeking perfection and would get really frustrated with myself when I wasn't able to maintain what perfection requires. Yeah, for me, it's not um, not something like you put into a schedule. Like, I don't necessarily block out here's my daddy daughter time on Thursday nights from 7 to 7 30 I'm going to have a face-to-face conversation with my daughter for me it's that second Corinthians process it's as you go yeah and so a lot of this happens very organically as I go I want to make sure to be intentional as I see as I see that moment rise up let me grab on to that moment I don't have to fabricate them I don't have to do big elaborate fancy things as I go I want to be that echoing voice that is louder than the rest. Right on. Well, I'm going to close us in prayer. Thank you so much for being here Thank you. on the podcast today. Um, we easily could have maybe gone part two with this, yeah. uh, but I think we'll probably go with a different topic on the next one. So let me close us in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, I'm just thankful for this time just to talk about the, the little girls that you've entrusted us to. Um, Lord, those little girls are going to grow up um, into, into women and those women are going to do different things in society, maybe become mothers, maybe become, um, something in, in the workplace, um, or a missionary or whatnot. Uh, but whatever those little girls end up doing, the, the words that we speak to them are going to echo in their minds throughout the rest of their lives, um, good and bad. And so Lord, I just pray that you give us the strength and, Um, the guidance uh, as men that have been entrusted with these little girls to speak into their lives appropriately, to learn about our daughters so that we can understand them and find out what they need because they're, they're not all the same. They might need similar things, but they need, there's different love languages that you have created each of these little girls uniquely. 
Um, so Lord, help us just to be aware of, uh, of what those needs are and to, to find them out, um, whatever we need to do to find them out. Um, but Lord, I'm just uh, thankful for this conversation and this chance just to hang out and talk with Pastor John today about this topic that's just so important. Um, but uh, Lord, thank you for this time, and I just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.